Jesus, found in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, verses 1 through 17. We will read from the message, hear these words of Scripture. The family tree of Jesus Christ, David's son, Abraham's son. Abraham had Isaac, Isaac had Jacob, Jacob had Judah and his brothers. Judah had Perez and Zerah, the mother was Tamar. Perez had Hezron, Hezron had Aram, Aram had Aminadab, Aminadab had Nashon, Nashon had Salmon, Salmon had Boaz, his mother was Rahab. Boaz had Obed, Ruth was his mother. Obed had Jesse, Jesse had David, and David became king. David had Solomon, Uriah's wife was the mother. Solomon had Rehoboam, Rehoboam had Abijah, Abijah had Asa, Asa had Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat had Joram, Joram had Uzziah, Uzziah had Jotham, Jotham had Ahaz, Ahaz had Hezekiah, Hezekiah had Manasseh, Manasseh had Amon, Amon had Josiah, Josiah had Jehoiachin, and his brothers. And then the people were taken to Babylon in exile. When the Babylonian exile had ended, Jeconiah had Shealtiel, Shealtiel had Zerubbabel. Why are you laughing? <laughs> you gotta wait for the end, that's the big part. Okay. <laughs> Zerubbabel had Abiud, Abiud had Eliakim, Eliakim had Azor, Azor had Zadok, Zadok had Achim, Achim had Eliud, Eliud had Eleazar, Eleazar had Mathen, Mathen had Jacob, Jacob had Joseph, Mary's husband, the very Mary who gave birth to Jesus, the Jesus who was called the Christ. Now, the key was that you guys were supposed to be counting between all of those. <laughs> there were 14 generations from Abraham to David, another 14 from David to the Babylonian exile, and yet another 14 from the Babylonian exile to Christ. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And now I can sit down. Room, a poetry prayer by Reverend Sarah Speed. I asked God, what about my fingernail biting habit? Or the way I leave all the cabinets open in the kitchen? What about the way I can be dramatic, drumming up a fight only to hand out apologies, like souvenirs? What about the way I second guess myself, let shame drive, or stay quiet when I have something to say? What about the way I chase accomplishments like a dog with a bone? What about the doubt or the fact that I'm terrible at prayer and cannot help but yawn during church? What about, what about, what about... My baggage might be too big for the van. But then God called me by my first and middle name, which always means business and said, who told you that you were too much? Sugar, there is so much room for you here. So that's when I grabbed a seat 
and we hit the road and I knew right then that the rumors were true. There is room, there is room, there is room. When I saw the scripture for this week, I, first of all, I immediately texted Matt and I said, hey, can you be the liturgist? Because he's a New Testament scholar and he can say all of those names. And so, yes, I think we need to give him another round of applause. <laughs> but then my, my first impulse was, so there's 14 and then 14 and then 14. That's a long scripture with a lot of, it's supposed to be begats, right? That's begats, but we did the message, so it wasn't all of the begats, which can be monotonous. But when I read it, my first thought, my first impulse was, okay, this is too monotonous, this is too long, we need to shorten it so that people don't lose focus and they don't move on to their grocery list in their head. Not that anyone would ever do that in church, right? But, and, and like, okay, so maybe we should just do the important parts. Which ones are the important parts? But that's the thing. When I read the scripture, each name is important. Each name is connected to a person's life. And like Dana shared in the poetry prayer just now, there's room for each one of our stories, each one of their stories. They're important. And so we need to read their names and remember. Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing to you, O Lord. Enable us to be receptive to your message this morning. Challenge us to live more fully for you than we ever have before. Through the power of your spirit, we pray. Amen. In Matthew's genealogy of Jesus that Matt read for us, we see all kinds of names. We see names that are foundational to the Jewish and the Christian faith, like Abraham, with whom God made the covenant, saying, look at the stars. You will have as many descendants as stars in the sky. And then we see David, who comforted Saul with his lyre and slayed Goliath with a slingshot and a stone. And we see Solomon, whom God gave wisdom and riches without compare, and Ruth, who has her entire own book of scripture. And then there's little-known names of people like Akim and Joram and Nashon, who might only be mentioned once elsewhere in Scripture. And yet each of these names are important because they hold a story, and their story gives way to Christ's story. Abraham, we think of him as this big, important, wonderful figure but he was also the one who pretended that his wife was his sister. And he slept with his slave girl because he didn't completely trust God to be able to give him a child at such an old age. And David, his story had just a few, I would say, sticking points. Like when he killed Uriah, an innocent soldier who was fighting to protect David's own empire so that he could cover up a baby that he conceived with Bathsheba, who was another man's wife. 
this long, boring list of names that makes up Jesus' family tree. It reminds us that each story is important and that God can work through anyone. God can bring redemption through each and every story. No matter how much our stories we feel are littered with sin and deception on all of the awful things. It reminds us that we are each an important part of the tapestry of history. When I traveled over to Turkey just like a month and a half ago, we stopped at a Turkish rug factory. And we saw how the women made each rug by hand. They wove thin strands of silk or cotton together, making this beautiful, gorgeous, ornate design. And if one of those threads were forgotten, or they were pulled out, then the whole design would have been off. It would be missing something. And that's just like our stories now our stories of our lives, sometimes they seem inconsequential. We haven't really done too much in our lives, right? But they are integral to the tapestry of history. My grandma was one of 11 children, and she grew up on a farm in western Pennsylvania. She told me stories of how she would walk to her neighbor's farm each morning before school to milk all of the cows, helping her, her family make ends meet. And then she would walk back home and then go off to school for the day. She actually didn't graduate high school because in the, her senior year, she was pulled out. The, the way she tells the story, she was pulled out of class so that she could go and marry my grandfather. And they got married and they had five kids. I really want to hear the rest of that story. I feel like there's more to it, but that's the story she tells. At first glance, she's not, she wasn't a very remarkable woman. She didn't have any awards. She didn't have this big, fancy job. She lived on a dairy farm. She took care of cows, her five kids, chickens, her husband, her family, the pigs, and her garden. And yet, from her, I learned so much. I learned that a person's strength has very little to do with their size or stature. Because one time when I was a teenager, I was at grandma's house with all of the cousins, and I said some smart comment, and she told me that she could tackle me to the ground. And I was like, oh yeah, grandma, I bet. Because she was not even to my shoulder. And so she said, and I actually, there was, I don't know what she said. Next thing, I was just on the ground. She tackled me. And now there's story after story of how she would stand up for a person that was getting picked on or for herself when someone tried to tell her what to do. That inner strength and courage that she showed, no matter what, standing up for what was right. And then grandma showed me that sometimes, that sometimes money can make life a little bit easier, but it's not actually what matters. And no matter what you have in your bank account, you can always help someone who's in need. She showed what unconditional love is. She showed patience and understanding and grace 
not because of anything that she did outstanding or extraordinary, but just by being her. And I remember talking with her and thinking how extraordinary her story was. And she just said, no, it's just my life. And that's how we think sometimes, that our story isn't special enough. It doesn't matter. It's just our story. It's regular. And yet the genealogy of Jesus reminds us that no matter our story, whether it's Abraham or David, a story like theirs, or a story like, I don't know, Jehoshaphat or someone else, our stories matter. Each person, each thread is important. And as we begin this Advent season, preparing ourselves for the coming of the Christ child, I want to I invite us to reflect on our stories, how we have been shaped. Our, our, our theme this year is from generation to generation. How have we been shaped by the people of our past? Yes, the family, but also the friends, the teachers, the strangers that we see do something wonderful and simple yet beautiful? How have we been shown the hope of Christ through these ordinary people in extraordinary ways? Because the birth of Jesus, Christmas, it's not, it can either be a memorial or it can be a birthday. A memorial is to look back on something that has happened and remember and celebrate all that was. A birthday. And if we ask the kids, the kids are all going to say, oh, Christmas is Jesus' birthday, right? And happy birthday, Jesus. You sing happy birthday. Christmas is the birth of Jesus. And a birthday is something that you celebrate each year and is continuing. And it reminds us that we are continuing that lineage of Jesus. We might not be part of Jesus' bloodline, but we are all grafted in to Jesus' family. We're all part of that tapestry and that story being called to show that hope to the world. And so I challenge us as we move into these next few weeks to see the ways that we can show that hope, the ways that we can, can show the peace of Jesus, the love of Christ in this world, and remember and to settle into that truth that our story is worthy and good and important and part of a bigger story of Christ. Amen? As we prepare our hearts um, for prayer, I want to invite the choir to come forward and they are going to sing um, one of the songs that's going to be for the cantata that will be on December 18th um, at this 10.30 hour. And while they sing for us, I want to invite those online if you would like to share any prayers uh, at prayer at brexelumc.com or in the comments on Facebook.
Thank you, choir. We have a few prayers that have come in. Barb asks for prayers for the Price and the Popic families who have both lost loved ones this week. Um, I ask prayers for the Andrassi family um, who lost husband and father um, last week and um, leave behind a child in, I think, eighth, seventh, and third grade. And then um, Kathy asked for prayers for her aunt who is battling cancer, and also um, prayers of joy for the beautiful memories of her mom, as this is the anniversary of her death seven years ago. And Shelly asks for prayers of joy for Allie, who um, doctors used a new treatment, and there's no, no sign of leukemia in her body now. That is very exciting. And then also in your um, bulletins today, there is a little card, and on one side there's a prayer um, for our young adults. On the other side is a list of, I'm going to say, most of our young adults because I'm sure we <laughs> missed the name even as much as we try um, but it's today is student Sunday and so it's a day to pray for all of the young adults that are in our congregation um, whether they're in college or trade school or whatever they're doing in life um, praying for them and supporting them in that way I just want to check Facebook one more time and double check that no other prayers came through. With that, let us go to our Lord in prayer. God of Abraham and Isaac, of Tamar and Ruth and Mary and Joseph, we bow our heads today hoping to catch a glimpse or a shimmer of you. We know that you are here with us just as you have walked with every generation before. And so we bring our prayers to you, and we thank you for creating space for us, for seeing our scattered thoughts, our imposter syndrome, our fragments of doubt, and still saying to us, come on in. Thank you for seeing our ordinary selves and our anxious concerns and our unflattering habits and saying, I have bigger plans for you. Your expansive love makes room for us to breathe. And God, we want to love with our lungs and our hearts full. So today we pray that you might teach us how to make that same room for others. When we come face to face with stories that are different from ours, show us how to add chairs to the table. When we find ourselves face to face with stories that frustrate or test our patience, Show us how to build bridges instead of walls. And when we find ourselves face to face with stories that feel foreign or unrelatable, remind us to open the door and to listen fully. You make room for every story. And that love, your love, continues to make room for us. So teach us to do the same for our neighbor so this world will know your love. We pray these things with hope, using the words that your son taught us to say. Our Father, who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. As we move into the Advent and the Christmas seasons, we have lots of opportunities to gather together for lifelong learning, for joyful gathering, for courageous inclusion, for determined service. And a few of those are that this coming Wednesday, November 30th at 7 o'clock, we are going to have an Advent dinner church in Fellowship Hall, and this will be put on by our staff, and we will read scripture and sing and talk with one another and eat a variety of delicious soups that the staff brings. And then on Thursday, December 1st at noon, we will, the United Women in Faith will have their annual Christmas potluck, and so all are welcome to join in that as well. And then there are many ways to um, grow in your lifelong learning, Hold on. I have all the paper. We have uh, from generation to generation, um, this is a devotional that Jenny will be using um, during the 9.30 hour and we'll be talking about um, each week's um, devotionals and it also goes along with our, our scriptures for that we're going to be worshiping with and, and preaching on. And then we also, and you can pick that up in the back, and there's also links for this and for this devotional. Um, if you let us know, we can send you a link. This is the Dawn Chorus. So this is a devotional based off of birds. So if you like birdies, then check this one out. <laughs> or even if you don't like them and you want to try it out anyway. Um, and then Jenny will also be using that for her Friday Facebooks that she does around noon every, um, every Friday. And then we will also um, have, I don't even, guys, there's just, just get one of these, okay? Just, I don't want to go through all of it, but like we have, I don't know, we have Christmas caroling. Thank you, Melanie, for reminding me what I'm supposed to be talking about. Christmas caroling is coming up in a couple of weeks at 1130. So after this service, we're going to gather, we're going to have a meal together and then head out and go Christmas caroling for um, people who are shut in because of illness um, or mobility issues. And then we're also um, going to do all kinds of different um, worship services around Christmas. We have a longest night service on the 21st. It's all in here and online, and I encourage you to check this out because then I don't have to say all of the words right now, okay? With that, let us receive our benediction so that we might go and do God's good work in the world. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace. Go in peace and not in pieces. Amen.
Thank you. All right, y'all, thanks for joining us. You have a wonderful week.